Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> words that came this morning. Um, I probably don't need to stand up here. <laughs> but I'm gonna. <laughs> Um, you know, let's, I'm, let's just talk about a couple of those words. There was three, three of them that came and, and, uh, Lucy shared on, on just looking at the horizon, yeah. keeping your eyes on the horizon. It's, it's perspective. It's about perspective. You, you, she had, she was talking about how her, her dad taught her to fly in an airplane. And he, and he said, you got to keep your perspective when you fly visually, right? <clears throat> And it's keeping our eyes on him. And then the chalk the guy had there. It was, it was um, you know, a lot of us are running out of chalk. We've been doing things this way a long time. And we're out of chalk. And you just keep, we keep trying because we're used to that. And God is saying to us, here's another piece of chalk. Here's, here's, here's more that I want you to do this. This is different. It's a different color. <laughs> it's a different color piece of chalk. And I, I just there. The Lord has a lot of people in that place right now. But you know what? The next color is more beautiful than the last one. And then the presence of God. And where, uh, um, kind of the majesty of God, majesty of being in his presence. That's what Becky was, was sharing when she came up here. That the majesty of God's presence and, and him being there. And um, it's, 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 God is, God is, God is, leaning over, I believe, looking at us. And last Sunday, when in the prayer time, we had um, just some people were bringing words. It's kind of what happens in there. You know, God speaks to us and people bring words. And we were talking about just, just the things that God is going to do. The Lord was speaking to us. He's going to do some mighty things, do some awesome things. I know Holly was sharing that and just various things. And then a word came, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. And I thought, Lord, that's interesting. <laughs> but he's been stirring that in me. He's been stirring that in a lot of us is that we, he wants us involved in what he does. Right. He, he, is, he, has, he has set up something here. He has set up something from the very beginning of time that he has given us to do. He's waiting on us to do it. Yeah, yeah. Now we can ask him all, al all along the way, yeah, Lord, would you do this, please? And he does, and you know, those things. But he said, we're in this together. Yes. We're going to do this together. Amen. So I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of get a little background, first of all, on why. Why are we here? I want to talk about why God created us. Do you know that it was, it was, he's, the love of God. 
was motivated by his love. He wanted us, and he wants us to love him by choice, and he loves us by his choice. And there's nothing we can do about that. We, there's nothing we can do about his love for us, but he wants us to love him. You know, when he created, made creation, I mean, we're all familiar, I'm sure most of us are familiar with this story, but it's a really cool story. And he said, he said let there be light. Boom, there was light. And then he said, let there be, and I don't remember them all in order. But he said, let there be, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and instantly there was. It was his spoken word. He spoke the word, and it happened. That's the way he is. But then, in um, Genesis 1, 26, if you could pop that up there, something was a little different. So then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and he created them male and female. He created them. He blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Now that, and uh, let me read Genesis. Let's do Genesis 2 verse 7 also. Then it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. You see, all along the creation, he's going boom, 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 speaking things. But he stopped. And it said, you know, I get this picture of him reaching down with his hand. And it says, he, the, the, the Hebrew word there means fashioned. He fashioned. He loved. This was, this was something special. Yeah. This was something different. All of those other things were for this thing. All of those other parts that he said, let there be, let there be, let there be, he was creating an environment and a, and a place for this part of his creation. Mm-hmm. And then, it says he breathed, he kissed his life into this. Now, folks, that's you and me. That's a special honor. Yeah. That is... A, 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 we are made in his likeness and image. There is nothing in creation that you can find anywhere in the Bible that, 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 that says that about anything else. Now, in our world today, it gets turned around. It gets, well, you know, environment, you know, all those things. We, we have, and I'll get to this in a minute, the mandate that we have. But we have a, we have a, we have a mandate to steward these things. But we don't hold those things higher than us. We don't, we don't, Rick, sorry, Rick, I've been to India a couple times with Rick. And, and there, there, you talk about de, the devaluing of human life. It's a religion that's done that. It's held animals above man. And you can see, you can see the enemy here. You can see the enemy doing that. And you say, what a plot 
thousands of years. These, there's people stuck in this just weird understanding of these things. But every person, everyone created, God created in his own image, in his likeness. That's a special honor. And it's a unique dignity. And I like, to, I like that word dignity. There's a dignity on us. And we should not live any less than that. Now, Genesis 1, 26, 28, we also saw that there's a mandate. It's just a rule. It said rule over the birds of the air. And that, that word rule means to subjugate. It means, it, it really means to put down a rebellion. And it's, 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 it's just interesting that that's what, that's what God gave man to do. This, this creation that was a little lower than the angels, the Bible says, but given this glory and honor above all other creation. And there's an enemy, there's a devil that's going, I don't like this guy. Because in that, it talks about, a little later on, it talks about crushing the seed of the woman crushing his head. See, man kind of gave it up in the, in the beginning. He gave up this mandate. He gave up this position. <laughs> and what we heard about this morning was Jesus restored it. The plan has never changed. The plan has never changed. He says, you all, each and every one of us, it has a purpose and has a destiny to, to represent him in the earth. And um, the incarnation restored us to that. And you know, the, the thing about that is, is that when you think about it, God himself became a man. Now, that still blows my fuses. I, 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 that, that is, that's amazing to me, but yet... More and more I begin to understand, when you, when you look in the Gospels of how Jesus operated, he operated within the limits that you and I have. Think about that a minute. He operated in the limits that you and I have. He could, at any minute, he could smoke people and been, been right, and right doing it, justified in doing it. But his purpose was bigger than that. His purpose was, I want to show you how to live. Somebody said, I think it's Bill Johnson says, he says, Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to know what God is like, look at, look at Jesus. And if you want to know how God wants you to be and how to live, look at Jesus. And it's, it's, it's just amazing he, in, in, his, in, in his, I guess you could call it limited state, think about what he was able to do. Now, you and I are his brothers and sisters, it says. And yeah, I'll, I'll read on. We have a responsibility to bring, the, to bring his rule and his reign in this earth. Right. Um, it requires action. That's what I'm looking for the word I wrote down there. It requires action. It requires us to do something. Um, 
Let me read a couple more things. Let's look at Ephesians 2, verse 6. 2, verse 4. Let's do that first. Ephesians 2, verse 4. It says, but because of his great love for us, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you, ha you have been saved. It's, it's the motive of love. It's the, it, the love of God was all over our worship this morning. And it's just the motive. He, he, he does this because he loves us. He's patient with us because he loves us. He, he, he comes back again and again and again and again and again and again. I'm a living proof. Amen. And he is, <laughs> he's incredible. Ephesians 2, verse 6 and 7. Now this, it was just, Derek brought this up this morning. Derek mentioned these, these next two scriptures. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Stop a minute and think of that. He seated us with him, with him in heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. We are seated with Jesus. Where is he? He's on a throne. We're sitting there with him. Now that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And we need to remember that that we are sitting there with him. That's good, yeah. I forget all the time. Yeah. I, something comes up, something hits me, something, oh no, what am I going to do now? <laughs> You're not like that, are you? <laughs> what am I going to do now? And, uh, it's interesting. This is a little side thought. Um, yesterday, when we were we were praying w together, we we do a thing where we we pray in person, and but we also do it on the phone. It's the one time a week we do like a double thing. So we have been uh, we on Saturday mornings, yeah. And so we we've tried to get the tech technical part of that a little better, so we could hear each other. And we had a I, I actually bring my computer in. The the thing that we do the phone on is a phone call on is actually an app. So I'm sitting there with my computer, and you know we, we, we put the app up on the screen on the TV. And so I'm sitting there, and uh, for some reason, like my computer comes on, and then it goes blank. And I'm going, oh, no. What happened? Piece of junk. And I'm starting to freak out. And Sarah, where are you at, Sarah? Sarah's standing right behind me, and she says, look up. <laughs> and had already projected to the TV. But that very simple thing is, look up. Yeah. Look up. And that's what God said to us this morning. Look at things the way I see them. Look up to me. Look at me. Keep your eyes on me. That's reoccurring. God keeps saying that to us. Keep your eyes on me. Because I've got a purpose for you. Okay. So you're seated with Christ. We're seated with him in the heavenly realms. 
in order that in the coming ages, in the coming ages, in the coming ages, there's stuff after this, in, uh, that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness of to uh, in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. And then Romans 8:16 says the spirit him te himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may share also in his glory. Now let's stop and think about children a minute. First of all, think of a king. Think of a, just, just your average everyday king, I don't know. <laughs> but a king, he has children. And what are the children? called princes and princesses and princes and what do they do don't use any modern references I was going to bring one up but what they're supposed to do is represent the king they reflect the king they know the king he's their daddy He's their daddy. If he's a good daddy, which Jesus is, or God is, the Father is, he's a good daddy. He wants, and we, we, it came up again this morning, he wants us to crawl up on his lap. Think about that. The king of the entire universe who spoke it all into, into being. He says, come up here, sit with me. Sit with me. We got work to do, but I want you here. So what I guess I'm saying is, is that it's, it's kind of twofold. It's we, we, are, we belong to him. He's our king. He loves us. He's our dad. And he's got work for us to do. Yeah. It was, I'm waiting on you. Um, we're heirs. We're heirs. Everything he has is ours. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Everything he has is ours. Jesus lived that way when he walked the earth. You know, he's still walking the earth. It's just us now. But he had everything he needed. We have everything we need. Now, I'm trying to get my experience to that, mind you, but I'm just reminding us, I'm reminding me, this is what... He has for us. So, sons and daughters. It's calling and a, res and a responsibility. And I want, to, I want to read the text of the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And uh, there's this, just a little significant thing here. And I'll just, we'll just read it's a few verses. <clears throat> Matthew 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. He was tired 
He was, I th this was right after I believe he heard that John had been beheaded. And, and it, was, it was boom, boom, boom. He was human. But yet he had compassion. And that's the same compassion that drives us, should drive us, for others. Anyway, had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. He healed their sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. I mean, they're hungry. Come on, just, you know. And Jesus said, Jesus said they do not need to go away. Now look at this next line. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. We, we read, there, this, this thing, by the way, this is, that line is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In each reference it says, you give them something to eat. Now that wasn't unintentional. He said, you do it. These were his disciples. He said, I'm teaching you to do what I do. Now, you know what happened, and I'll, let's, just, let's read it on here. We have here only uh, five loaves of, of bread and two fish. They answered, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking five loaves, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the, bread, the loaves. He gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Now, that is a formula. He gave them to the disciples. What is he giving you? He's giving you something to give to them. You have to have that connection. You have to have that daddy, the king, and me connection. And then from that, he's, he, he's, he's doing it. He's the one who does the miracle. He's the one who did it, but he said, I want you involved. He says, I want you involved. Um, they all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And just, just a little side thought on that is, 5,000 people plus women and children, that's probably 15,000 minimum. And um, five loaves and two fish. And guess what? There's 12 basketfuls left over. It's the way God does things. We need to remember that. That he, he is abundant. He has everything. And, it, and, and <laughs> the cost is nothing to him. Yeah. How are we going to pay for this? That's just, how, you know, we don't have enough money. He said, what? Just watch this. And this is what, this is what you do is you, is we, uh, he, he hands it to us and we hand it to them. He says, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. The 72 in Luke 10, when he sent them out, it said, it said he sent them out ahead of him because he was coming. And he said, heal the sick. He gave them the, the, the responsibility and the task of healing the sick because, but he was, Jesus doing it, but he said, I want them, I want these people prepared for me. He sent them out ahead of him. He was going to go those places. 
And so, he, so it is with us. Let's, uh, let's, do, let's look at John 14, 12, and 14. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And listen to this next line. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Even greater than these things you will do. That is another fuse blower. But he said it. And he didn't say it just to these 12 guys. I, he said it to all of us. And it's, it's, it's a mandate for us. It's fill the earth. Subdue it. Put down the rebellion. Bring, represent me here in this place. Represent me here in this place. We have a responsibility. And you guys have heard me uh, several times when we started just the prayer program. I don't know what I want to call it even program, but it's when we started praying yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I quoted a guy named E.W. Kenyon. And he said, he said God, prayer is God's way of involving us in what he's doing. I, and I pondered that a while. I said, whoa. He, he wants us involved in what he's doing. And prayer, prayer is God's way of doing that. And prayer and, and all of these things, and I'll get to this in a minute, it's all about being before him, listening to him, and getting involved in what's he doing. The question is, what is he doing? We need to know what he's doing. How do you find out? How do you know what he's doing? And here's something that I'm, I'm just sorry, I'm getting out a little bit of sync here. But one of the things that bothers me when I, I hear people say this, I get it. I understand what, what, they're, what they're talking about. But, but, but you, and you probably said it. Oh, it wasn't me. It was God. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't me. It was God. You know what? I don't think he likes that. I think he wants you to say, it was me and God. Yeah. It yeah. was us. Yeah. It was us together. And, and I am, I've removed this phrase from my vocabulary. It's, it's he has given us a dignity and an honor to be sons and daughters. His sons and daughters. And he says, here you go. Go do this. Go do that. Here's what I want you to do. It's easy. It would be nice if we, if we could sit there and watch and say, okay, God, do it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way we're involved. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking of that story of Jehoshaphat. And if you're familiar with this story, but Jehoshaphat, it said, um, I won't go there, but it's, it, 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 there was a huge army lined up ready to just annihilate them. And God said to him, he says, you don't need to fight this battle. I go, well, that's kind of nice. I can sit home. You know what else he said? He said, go out to face them tomorrow. And you watch me. It's us together. It's us doing things together. That's what he wants. So 
I'm going to do a great but how. Um, first thing is, he, he's saying, uh, I'm waiting on you. You know what we do? First thing we do is we ask. We say, Lord, what is, what is at hand? What do you want me to do? And how do you do that? Well, you pray. You pray and you read the word and you pray and you read the word and you pray. And God will tell you. He will, he, we ask. He, he will tell you. But part of that is listening. That's number two. We have to listen. What are you saying, God? What are you wanting me to do? What are you wanting me not to do? That's a big thing for me. <laughs> I mean, those of you who know me, like my wife, I just do too much. I was talking to somebody about that this morning. Uh, Barb, wherever you're at. But we just... The other bar, the uh, that we um, that sometimes we get ourselves into too many things that God hasn't asked us to do. But we listen. We say, Father, what do you want me to do? And Father, what don't you want me to do? Give me the ability to say no, but then also give me the ability to say yes. And Lord, don't let me limit you. Don't let me limit you on anything. Don't let my past the way I used to do, the way we used to do things in the past. Don't let that influence what I do now. I want to be open to you, Lord Jesus. I want to be anything. I don't want to limit you at all. You want me to do what? You want me to say what to that person? But don't limit him. Don't limit him. Ask him. Say, Lord, speak to me. You know, one of the things that that, we always talk about, getting a picture. I I got a picture from God. You know, I was, I'd like to, you know, I, want, I didn't get pictures from God. Those are really cool pictures. They say a lot of things when God speaks a picture into your mind, puts a picture. And the way it is for me is before that, I would just get an impression. I would get a word. I'd bring a prophetic word or whatever. But I said, Lord, I want, I want pictures. And you know what happened? Started giving me pictures. So cool. I like that. So Huh? Should ask for yeah, let's see. Young men see visions. I've been asking for dreams. Old men do the dreams. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be your age one day. We have to listen. To listen. And then number three is we need to step out. Yes. We need to move. I'm waiting on you. I get this picture. I think I said this earlier. God's sitting there on the edge of his throne. Come on. Don't, don't, don't wait for me to do it. You do it. You are my son. You're my daughter. I have given you everything you need for life and godliness. I've given you every, everything that I have. That's good. Now, that, somebody might say that's blasphemy, but it's not. It's what he wants for us. Don't think of, don't think of yourself in Christ any less than you are. Don't think of yourself any less than you are. And the Lord, I hear, the Lord is going to do some mighty stuff through us. When we get this, when we get that understanding, when we get that revelation, we're going to grow in it. I'm growing in it. You're growing in it. And we're going to get it. And we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be unstoppable. Like Jesus is unstoppable. 
stop listening to the wrong to the wrong voices, to the things that say, you're no good, you're not gonna make it, you're, you know, oh, what about your past? What did you do? What did you do yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. We are sons yeah. and daughters yeah. of the king. Yeah. So, Kim. Yeah. Well, that was amazing. I was thinking joint heirs. That's so, so amazing. So I'm just going to close out the meeting. I want to remind you that we always have prayer team up here on this side and on this side for any need that you may have. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.